Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. We're kicking this off, y'all. It's another episode of Open Bar Talk Podcast with your host, Jim Search. Uh, very excited. I got a really special guest, and I'll introduce him in just a second. Uh, but I want to plug the show up top. You know, if you want to find our show, you can do that, openbartalk at gmail.com. Across all social media, uh, we're at, uh, at Open Bar Talk. Uh, you know, if you want to find our show, you can do that wherever you find podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, underneath your car. Wherever the fuck you find them is where we are, right? Um, and, you know, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in. You know, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you know, that is how people find out about the show. You know, I appreciate everybody who tunes in. Uh, this has been such a fun ride, and I'm thankful for everybody who fucks with us. Uh, you know, if you want to find me personally, I'm at Jim Search on all social media. JimSearchComedy.com is a good place to find your boy. Now, without further ado, I'm very excited to uh, introduce uh, our uh, guest we got on the show. Incredibly funny dude, man. You know, on the Guns Blazing podcast, you know, hilarious cat. Sean Latham, how you doing, sir? What's going on? What's up, Jim? Search. Thanks for having me on your, uh, on your, on your Bar Talk episodes, man. On your Bar Talk podcast. Episode yeah, we- 38, cuz. That's right, man. 38, man. 38 hours of wild shit, man. And uh, I'm very happy to have you on, dude. You know, I, uh, you know, I was saying before we got on, uh, you know, I was, uh, we uh, originally met up at uh, Gotham, uh, right outside mm-hmm. of Gotham. And yo, you're a funny cat, man. I'm really pumped to, uh, to hear your, uh, hear your stories. <laughs> as, uh, as, for the listeners, as uh, Sean pounds half a uh, or a, what is it, a quarter of a Soco the right there? My, no, that was bu- that's bullet, kid. I go whiskey. I don't go Soco. That's for the twenty-one-year-old kids. Oh, okay, all right. Or the my soft apologies. Fifty-eight-year-old. <laughs> you say a soft fifty-eight-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or a divorced uh, divorced mother of three. Also. Yeah. So whatever. It's just trying to catch a little buzz. Well. Before the babysitter, before the uh, she has to go relieve the babysitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you know, just uh, out with the ladies, trying to uh, pretend that she's not as old as she is. Get around, uh, get around of Alabama slammers. I think that's where that's what's in it, right? Soco. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, it's been that a is... while, but I, I mean, I, I remember some. I, I bartended a lot of college spots too, so I used to have a fucking repertoire. Mm-hmm. Oh man, probably like forty shots in my head, but then. You know, sometimes uh, when you get fa- big, fat, famous, you got to make room <laughs> for more big memories. So you delete the little memories. Now, that's a little Kenny Powers there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's all. You're, you're mad, bro. I, I think it's a great concept. I love it. And um, I think I was doing some bar show. Um, I had some bar show. I had some bar stories one time and someone tagged you, mm-hmm. your, you and your podcast. And that's how yeah. we linked up. Yeah, in fact, uh, Adam Rodkey, shout out to Adam, man. Yeah. Uh, he's been down with, uh, he was down with the uh, old podcast, the Shut It Down podcast, and uh, he fucks with you and he fucks with me. And so he was tagging us in uh, in posts and was like, yo, you got to get this guy on. He's hilarious. I'm like, yeah, I know who the fuck he is. I'm and, you know, glad, uh, glad I was able to do it, man. So... Yeah, well, you know, let's get into it, man. So, you know, you've uh, you bartended, uh, you know, and tell us a little bit about how you got in the game. Like, what was your first experiences? Um, well, I was always waiting tables. Like, I never, I always wanted that fast money. You know, I mean, at sixteen, I was a busboy at a really, really busy restaurant. So we were, you know, I was sixteen, balling like in my sophomore end of my sophomore junior year, mm-hmm. busting tables at this restaurant, the Crossing Restaurant, Yuma, Arizona. Okay. And, um, you know, you can use that fast money. Then you move up to expediter and then you get more money and then you move up to waiter and then you like triple your money and it's all fast money. Sure. You know, and we were doing caters and, um, making just fat, like a lot of money in high school. And then, um, you know, I moved to, I worked at a prison for a couple of years when I was like 18, I got fired for getting a DUI. (laughs) <laughs> then i moved Sorry. to phoenix and yeah no it's how it works and it's all hindsight now like i'm glad it happened you know right right and then right. i uh, moved to phoenix and i started working in you know corporate chain restaurants and shit like olive garden mm-hmm. and uh i got a job at chevy's mexican restaurant and i was a hustler dude like a 
like I always wanted to, I'd always pick up like if, if you know the lunchtime closers always being a lazy fuck. They're like mm-hmm. they're always trying to get out of that lunch closing shift because everybody else gets home at two and then you go home at four or five. So I would always pick them up and my manager moved me into the bar. So I started learning how to bartend in a Mexican restaurant with like, you know, 40 different margaritas and shit. And uh that's how I got started. I started bartending at Chevy's Mexican restaurant and I was just on my shit. That was like for an ADD dude, but like you know, but like you're good, you know, you're organized, but you're ADD. Right. And you can mm-hmm. work hard and you can say, well, you know, somewhat mentally organized that it, that was the spot. And, um, I just started there. I worked there for three years, two years as bartending. It sounds like, you know, even like with that, it's like when you find your pocket and you find your rhythm, then it's yeah. like, this is, this is what I do and I can do it fucking well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Get in the zone, especially when you learn how to smoke weed and go to work. Like when you learn, (laughs) when you you go through about 50 shifts of being stoned and fucking up orders and everything else. Right. Then you fit, then you get into that. Like then you have, because smoking weed at a restaurant job starts off with, I could never do that. Mm -hmm. Then you smoke weed and you go in there and you can't keep your shit organized in your table. You could have two tables and you're all fucked up. Like I forget this and um, your rhythm's all off. But right. then slowly but surely you fight through that. And then pretty soon you can't go to work without being stoned. <laughs> yeah. Like I would be going to my bar. I'd be, I'd be out of weed and the dealers just show up in time. And I'd just be like, dude, I got to work at fucking six, bro. I can't do this job without weed. <laughs> but then, um, yeah, no, I just started, you know, bartending that job and giving the house away. Liquor costs at that job must have been 45%. <laughs> Which it's normally supposed to be what, like twenty, I think. Max twenty, like yeah. max it out at twenty for cost. I was right. just giving. I mean, we had that draft beer. I was giving all the homie shit, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, we had like we had just too much shit. We were giving every giving away the house for those tips. Well, yeah, that's manager what I was... didn't care. He was giving away shit for a water softener for his house and shit. Like no one cares. It reminds me of like, uh, like, and what is it? Uh, good. Uh, yeah. It's good fellows. When it's just like, he's got the bar and it's like mm-hmm. coming in, the merchandise is coming in the front door and just walking out the back. And he's just it like, it didn't matter anyway. We weren't going to pay for it. Yeah. You just put it in. If you buy it in the front, you sell it for half out the back. Yeah. It's, that's, that's exactly what it is. Except on a smaller scale, you're not unloading the alcohol. Right. You're just, uh, I mean, I did some shit, bro. We used to, I mean, this is one of the oldest tricks in the book where you bring in your own bottle of vodka. Mm. And then mm. you just start ripping that whole bottle. Every drink that you pour from that goes to your pocket. Yeah. Like I used to be, I, I mean, there's a lot of corporate scams that used to, I, I never, my, my rule bartending was I never stole from the mom and pop spot. Right. But if I worked at a corporate spot, if I could find a loophole, bro, we were getting that money. <laughs> I was you- going to, go ahead. I was going to say, as you should, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, they they say there's no honor amongst thieves, but that's bullshit. Like, no, there you know is. what I'm saying? You're, it absolutely is. Like, you know, there's code, there's rules to it. And like, mm-hmm. like you were saying, man, it's like, yeah, you can't rip off any mom and pops. But like, if you knock off like an Applebee's or like a fucking Chili's, <laughs> come on. Dude, we used to, you know what I used to do? They used to sell fajita, Chevy's Mexican restaurant, I've never been there. Their mm-hmm. thing is fajitas. Like they're famous for their fajitas. They got a special tray, and they right. got the hot ass sizzling platters. Yeah, and the shit comes out steaming, and you you go home smelling like a big fat piece of smoked chicken every night, right? Right, right, right. And uh, but what they would do is they would put these coupons in the newspaper. It would be like buy one get one free fajitas. Right, right. Fajitas were fifteen to twenty five dollars a pop. So mm-hmm. uh, we would go like on Sunday morning or whatever they put it, whatever day it was. I can't remember so long ago. But we would go and I would get I would go and buy like ten or fifteen newspapers. Oh well, I'd shit! Buy like five and I just take them all and I right. would just take all the coupons out. Mm-hmm. So anytime anybody for the next week was paying any kind of cash for fajitas, right. I'd see that they paid cash. I'd go back in and I'd bring up the the, the you know I'd ring in the uh, the coupon and I'd just keep that extra fifteen or twenty five. Like dude, we were doubling up on that money and. Th- who cares? It was it wasn't technically it wasn't stealing. No, because I had the coupon. And then my manager was such a dumbass and didn't care. He wouldn't even take the coupons from us. So I would just keep on having the same fifteen coupons in my shit, my twenty five dollar vouchers, making Yo, an extra thousand a week off them shits. I was about Sean. Like you, lit- this sounds like the way. Like you could have been a millionaire. 
And like, like, like from yeah, the, the right path. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like there was a fork in the road and it was like, do you want to bartend at Chevy's or you want to start uh, doing some like finance shit? Yeah. Like you probably could have uh, taken it that way, dude. Cause like, yeah, dude. that's, but uh-huh. that's like that ingenuity shit, right. Of like seeing those opportunities. And I think like bartenders have that, like, how can I make that extra cash? You know what I'm saying? Like you, I another I, little, especially at that race because they, they sold chips and salsa out the asshole to go. Mm-hmm. So I sell the first order of chips and salsa and then I keep the receipt. And then if those fools paid cash for the rest of the day, I just kept giving them that same receipt and putting the six bucks in my tip jar. <laughs> That's another 10 people a day. You get an extra, cause half the people paid, you know, credit. You can't do nothing with that. You just got to charge right. it. But then everybody that paid cash for chips and salsa paid for that same receipt, bro. That was an extra six six bucks ten times a day. When you're Shit. pulling those, when you're pulling those those doubles at a restaurant, that's a serious grind of like your your mind and the stress levels are through the fucking roof. And you're you next thing you know, you're you're slamming. You got your best friend's a bartender, and your or your homies <laughs> are the waiters, and you're passing them shots. And nobody's just getting. You get shit canned at work, then you get shit canned after work. I mean, it was that's a that's the real grind is the restaurant double shifts. Well, yeah, and because then you're out at what like four four a.m. Like if you're working, well, I mean, it depends on the know, hours, what, but yeah, what what city, what city state you're in? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'd go in at nine a.m. and be done at like midnight and shit like that. But God you damn. then you start working at bars and then you're out. Like even Arizona was like one o'clock. You still ain't getting home till three. Right, because you got to... But then, like, yeah, yeah, because you got to clean up and shit, but, mm-hmm. you know, but that was, like, the path. That's where it started, and then after that, I just, I got a job bartending at... Uh, I got a job as a waiter at the Improv, and that's how I got into stand-up, actually. Oh, no shit. I went in for bartender, and the way... And, uh, and I'm still friends with that manager to this day, but the manager says to me, she goes, what's in the interview? I had just got done bartending. I got fired for beating a kid up in front of Super Bowl Sunday <laughs> in front of the whole restaurant. <laughs> well... And then, uh that's uh we'll circle back to that but uh yeah, yeah. Go, go on uh, so i go to the improv and i i apply as a bartender and then the manager asked me what's in the nuts and berries and i'm like the fuck who is who, it? nobody knows what's in that no yeah. one drinks that why is why are we here why are we asking this yeah. question that's the better question why are we asking that and i ended up just waiting tables there for a while and then i got a job as a uh there's this famous bar in phoenix in tempe arizona it was called dos gringos the original they have one in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. That was their OG original. They opened up Tempe. It was an absolute maniac. Like this place, I've been talking to a couple of people from that place. Like my main manager, and he's friends with the other one of the owners still. One right. of the owners with the jail for tax evasion for a while. Yeah. The other owner, I don't know what happened to him. But everybody made just shit tons of money, and no one ever quit this place. Every shift, we'd go in at five o'clock p.m. and your shift at the bars closed at one. Right. I worked here from. 2000 and like sometime in late 2000 early 2001 to like middle of 2005 i just you couldn't leave the place so much money you know right 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 but that was like i got you know i started as a you know a, a security guard and then you get bumped up to a food to a butt to bar back right which is a monster amount of money difference from from being a the door guy like sure. the door guys are awesome but if you ain't the dude that's like the main guy running the whole operation it's just an hourly position. Yeah. And then, but so the bar back, you go to, you go from making whatever, 50 bucks a shift to 300 bucks a shift. Do you, yeah. And it's yeah, like, and you want the bartender and, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, I was going to say, and like, yeah, when you go from 50 to 300, it's just like, why the fuck was I doing that? <laughs> yeah. And it's right. not like you have a choice because nobody ever quits those gigs. You have to just be yeah. lucky and be the guy in the right place when some shit happens. Mm-hmm. So you could slide in and pick up some shit, you know? It's, but I, yeah, I was working at the improv and that's how I started stand up. I was, I was food running and then waiting tables there before I got that job at that bar making way more. But right. I worked at the improv for a year and a half and I got to see some amazing stand up and start stand up. No like, shit. Man. Probably 10 guys that are just gone right now that are legends. I watched 50 times Robert Schimmel, John Panette, uh, oh, Mitch shit. Hedberg. I watched Brian Regan back then, but he's obviously still alive. Right. Uh, uh, Ralphie May, a shit time. I mean, just the people that were coming through there was, was at that time in stand up in 2001 was unbelievable. Now, when you saw these guys like working, were you like, did you have one of those moments like, and you, so you, you were about to start doing, or like, how did you, I guess, get that stand? Like, did you get that bug of just watching these guys and you're like, you know what? I could, 
I have some ideas. Like, how did that, how did that come out? Well, there was about three or four waiters that worked there that were all open micers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, still, uh, two of them still really good friends of mine to this day. Uh, and they were doing it and I had done stand up. Somebody peer pressure me when I was at Chevy's, that's restaurant still. Okay. Yeah, they said, Oh, there's an open mic thing. You should try it. And I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Sure. You know, right, not right, really right. thinking it was ever going to come to fruition. Like I wasn't going to do it. I didn't, I had, I didn't like, oh, fuck, I don't know how to write a joke. <laughs> but then I went and did the open mic and that was it. Like a one-off, like mm-hmm. randomly I did three minutes in like 2000. It's early 2000 or something. And then right. when I got a job at the improv, I started hanging out with those dudes that did stand up. And the right. you know, open mic shit, they mm-hmm. had one open mic a week, I think every Tuesday at the Improv or the last Sunday of the month or some shit. And they had classes. Oh, yeah. So I started yeah. hanging out with these kids, man, and just going to do open mics all over Phoenix. Shit, and then that man. was just kind of it. And then I got that job at uh, at Dos Gringos. And the owners, they made so much money. It was a bar in the middle of Arizona State campus right by like about a few blocks. Uh, is it, I don't know, east of Sun Devil Stadium. Okay. Patio bar, trees, like misters, a palapa bar outside, shorts, dope, dope ass, like fun shirts they always give you. And you got free food and it was $2 Coronas. Oh, well, that's gasoline on a fire. All day, every day, 2000, it was $2 Coronas all day, every day. Place was, if you ask anybody that graduated Arizona State between 2000, 99 and 06, Right. I'll say oh five because of the original dose. Like the, they switched to a bigger location. But uh if you went to ASU in those years, you went to Dos Gringos. Like it was the dopest spot. Dos Gringos. Like if you go to let's go to Playboy magazine right now between two thousand and one and five. Right. Go to their college edition and go to best party best they had party school is always ASU. Right, right, right. And then under their profile, if you look, their best bar was always Dos Gringos. Like, we were always so pumped to be in Playboy magazine. Sure. I mean, and then, you know, it's like everybody sees that and they're like, oh, shit, this is the... I read about this. This is where, you know, $2 fucking Coronas. Let's get it in, you know? And it's also pre-internet. So this is now... Obviously, I started bartending here. You know, it wasn't like Chevy's. You don't make a bunch of blended shit. You know, this was like... Right. You grab six Coronas with your bottle opener. Pow, 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 pow. You know, you're like mm-hmm. 12 bucks, motherfucker. And <laughs> you, know, you make like Jack and Cokes and a lot of redheaded sluts and shit like that, you know? Right, right. But this place was different because it was Maniac City. The place was basically the rules don't apply here. Like you, the customer's always wrong there, right? So I love it. This is where I started to work on my crowd work. After about a year being there, you know, I, or whatever, a year and a half, I become a bartender. But the main managers used to have a microphone on the inside of the bar. Okay. So... So if someone, let's say someone didn't tip, like on an $80 tab, if they were walking out, my manager was drunk as shit from Portland, Maine. He'd be on the, he'd get on the mic and go, everybody, he'd stop the music, bro. He'd go, Mm -hmm. everybody stop what you're doing. You see that piece of shit walking out of the bar right now in the yellow hat? And they'd be like, they'd all be looking at him. That cocksucker just left us $2 on a $105 tab. Fuck him. (laughs) And then the whole place would start booing him. And tell them to fuck off, bro. It was the That's... worst place to ever try to stiff somebody. So, listeners, word to the wise. Fucking tip your bartenders and your servers. Because you never know who's got a microphone waiting on your ass. You yeah, know you I know mean? what? Maybe you can't really do that these days. Like, this is pre-internet. This is a one, two, three, four. Right. So, you know, we could get a lot away with a lot more shit then. True. But, like, True. that place was out of control. So, what they would do is it was... 90% of the bar was outside, you know, it was patio bar, but just the trees and these high top wooden tables and, you know, indestructibly yeah. wooden stools. And, uh, they would do body shots there. This is what this place would be out of control. So I was in the middle of ASU early two thousands, people were wild. And so the way it worked was, first of all, if you're going to get on the bar to do a body shot at this bar, it's full titties out, dude. And sure, sure, sure. So they would do it though. Like I was never being blown away. I'd get, I'd go in there when I first started working here and girls lay down, the girl would lay down on the bar, mm-hmm. you know, she busts out, her, she'd go she'd bust them out. Right. And then as a bartender, we would say, you know, I'd have the bottle of, you know, it was free shots if you did it, obviously. Sure. sure. I'd have the, you know, you have the bottle of Cuervo, they're laying on the bar top and uh outdoor Palapa bar square, you know, yep. that big hay thing over it. And then they'd be, all right, bust them out. Okay. So then I would, you would tell the, the 
there's a t- team of two, obviously, for body shots. Sure, sure, sure. You tell, you tell the girl that wasn't laying down, all right, lick her nipple. And then the girl would lick her nipple, and then I would put salt on it. And then I would, I, then we put the line between the titties. Right. And then I would go, like, okay, are you ready? And they would go, yep. And then you pour the tequila in the belly button. Right. And then you go, lick, drink, suck. So she'd go, nipple, belly button, lime in between titties. And then every time they put their head between them, we would like, you know, you do a full head, motorboat, but you do it for them. Sure, they sure. go bananas, dude. <laughs> bananas. And, and then the more this started to happen, like the more we egged it on, right? And then if you got up there and tried to leave your bra on, we're like, get off, dude. You're kidding. Right. Like, this is not how it works. Like, now there it's is. probably sexual harassment today. Like, this can't happen. But mm-hmm. we just you tell people, nope, sorry. It's, it's nipples are nothing, dude. Yeah. And that, then that ain't, no, that ain't, was, that's, uh, I was going to say, that's 2000, early 2000 shit right there, bro. Like, that's, woo. Yeah, it would never fly out. And then, like, mm-hmm. if a cop, like, so everybody's on there on the edge of the bar sitting down, too, right? Like, there's tables. So if a bike cop was coming, because Tempe, Arizona is known for their bike cops. Right. The whole bar would start yelling, bike cop! And then the, they would, if there was somebody on the bar, they would just hop off, wait for the cop to roll out, back on they go. Wow. And it got to a point where, like, they had that little, you know, like in cement bars, they'll put a little lip on the inside where spillage will go. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would have, I'd have the microphone. After a while of working there, I got to have my own mic, the cordless mic in my own back pocket, talking <laughs> shit, you know? Like a like a cruise like a cruise comic. You got the mm-hmm. wireless yeah. mic. Yep. Well, right, yeah, like the guy at the cruise at the pool at the cruise that they make all the people do the dances in the water and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Like this, an MC roaming the fuck roaming the area. So mm-hmm. then we would get three sets of girls doing it on the bar with, and then I would put one fifty one. I don't even know if they still make that at bars. Sell it oh. around the lip in that little lip. <laughs> hit the fire. Three chicks topless on the bar. Three other girls going, two bartenders pouring, place bonkers, line 50 people deep, just surrounding this Palapa bar, just putting the jam, the music's part. I'm just yelling it in the microphone, bro. Oh, dude, it was. Uh, and then we could That's... give away. We had free comps. So all we had to do, the man the owner just said, I don't give a fuck what you give away, but mark it down. Mark it down or else I don't know what you give away. So we had a little thing on the back of the pole, the, well, the pole right. in the middle of the bar, where I would just mark comps, bro. My buddies come in here, six beers, here's shots, bro. It was See, a shit show in this place. I miss five hundred a night. Like this is making me just like, yo, everybody wear a mask and fuck do some vaccines so like bars can open and like I, I can know. live my fucking life again, man. This is like I'm making me missing the bar, man. I miss the show. Anyway. That place was, I mean, I would catch people in the back going at it. I mean, you know, the bar backing job was very hard. Right. Like you had to earn that bartending position as a man because women got hired <laughs> straight on. Not one dude ever got hired just as a bartender there. You had to work your way from a uh, bar, bar back. Right. But this place was so insane was that um, as a bar back, like, the, you know, you had two bars, the inside and the outside. And mm. every 15 minutes, I would have to take a dolly, go to this like, four like 500 square foot cooler that we had in the back get six cases of corona fight through people get the fuck out of the way right only <laughs> the six cases of corona to the outside bar load up six cases go Shit, take man. the boxes to the back break them down real quick grab another six cases go to the inside bar do a lap for trash cans drag that shit out of there fill get some fresh ones in there and then do the six I would from 5 p.m. We didn't get busy till seven. Right. Well, it's still busy depending on the summer. It would still be busy all afternoon too. Day drinking was insanity there, and I would load up on most nights 100 to 130 cases of Corona a night in just like in a six-hour period. Jesus Christ, man! 136 cases, 130 cases of Corona. Yo, that is well, that's fucking bank. People are yeah. fucked they, and smashed, by the way, at this point. Yeah. But so listen, I want to I want to find out like these, this has obviously been fucking wild right now. Tell me a little bit about like, what are some of those stories from your days? You're like, I will never fucking forget this happened. Like, what are those priceless moments? All right. Let's see. Oh, man, that place was so insane. The, the, that well, one of the stories was definitely all the shit that popped off with Cause I've worked at about 15 night, I'd say 15 bars, nightclubs, you know, be, between Phoenix and LA. And when I moved in LA and as a comic, you know, I moved around a lot to just, 
I was always in LA, but bar jobs, you know, I had, uh, uh, just this, I had a sweet like nightclub job at a place called V2O in Long Beach, downtown Long Beach. It was a okay. three thousand. I don't know. It's got to be a thirty thousand square foot nightclub, mostly Asians and Hawaiians in th- this club itself. Okay. There was eighteen or twenty two wells in it, just to give you a, a you know. This is another corporate place. We were just robbing blind. Right. Right. Oh, uh, you know, we <laughs> we each give ourselves each a couple hundred bucks extra every night. You know, like. As, well, we were and getting lit. We had the bar bats pouring vodka in the Red Bull cans for us, you know, tipping them a hundred bucks extra a night. Um, so, well, the Chevys that one time when I was my first bar job, I was I had a girlfriend there at the restaurant for a while. Uh, we break up. She brings some other dude, in, and then some shit happened. I can't remember exactly, but this other woman that worked at the restaurant had ratted me out on some shit that happened after we broke up. Like I was like, "Fuck this! You, you got a new dog," and it pissed yeah. me off though. So I talk some shit to her and uh right. and she goes and tells her husband, right? And then he wants so oh, Super Bowl shit. Sunday, I think Super Bowl Sunday two thousand. Okay. All my I, I probably got fifteen underage homies in there drinking Dosecki's Amber on draft, right? I love it. My whole my whole squad's in the, you know, have bars, have the cocktail area with the high tops in the bar, and right. the corporate chains, you know, like the TJ Fridays or whatever. So this chick, her name was Goldie, mean ass lunch closing server, been there for ten years. Kind of like probably had a meth problem back in the day. She's <laughs> nice now, you know. Right, right. Anyways, has some stories. Yeah, she had polls, so she had Super Bowl off, right? And she calls mm-hmm. in after I already had told her to fuck off. And she's ordering chips and salsa to go. And I'm just okay. like, yo, fuck. I'm like, hold on. So I have somebody else come and take the order. Right. Like, I don't want to talk to this bitch. And uh, so the person takes the order, then they go, hey, uh, that was Goldie. They said, if you got a problem, her husband wants to come down and solve it. Oh shit! Oh, okay, okay. All right. So then I, I, I didn't do nothing. Phone rings again. I answer. Chef's next to the restaurant. This is Sean. This is Goldie. If you got a problem, my husband will come down there, fuck you up right now. And I was like, please tell him to come fuck me up. <laughs> I've been working there about three years, you know, three and a right. half years or so. So we're packed as shit on Super Bowl Sunday. All my homies are getting drunk in there, and I like. 20 minutes later, like clockwork, this dude comes rolling right down the center of the, of the bar. Oh, and I fuck. go, go outside. Go outside to the side. Like and to him? Like go, like you're yeah, telling yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, go outside. Now, that wall is mostly glass windows, right? And it's packed. Mm-hmm. So I, I told my friends, let's go, go fuck this dude up outside. So <laughs> all my friends, half the bar goes outside. I go outside. I take my work shirt off, right? <laughs> I got my white t-shirt on it. I get out there like, let's roll. Let's do this, homie. Right, right. And, uh, I'm very theatrical. And, I'm, you know, and he goes and just comes in with a kick right out the gate. And I caught his foot. Okay. And, I'm, and all my friends. Well, now, let me ask you, what does he look like? Give us a little description. Do you He's, remember what? Yeah, he had no business trying to fight. A, I mean, I probably weighed at least 200 pounds, you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. Maybe 220, 210. He right. probably weighed a buck 70. He didn't, you know, he had way more heart than he did skills in fighting. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. But I didn't know the guy was aggressive. He wanted to get at it. So he comes running at me and throws a kick, and I catch it. And I, I got 15 friends here. Don't make me fucking give my buddy Danny C. He was there. I'll make, we'll, we'll get him on this call right now. <laughs> and, and, and I go, I grab his foot, and I'm like, you guys ready? Who's ready? And I'm yanking this guy, and he's just like getting pulled, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's I, like in wrestling when they, they catch the boot, and then he's like yeah. jumping on one foot. Yeah, Hilarious. jumping on the foot, I'm pulling him, and then I just kick his other leg out from underneath him, start beating his ass, you know, just, and then, like, a customer oh, comes out, because all the, the whole restaurant can see this. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. The lady comes learning out, I hope it was worth it, I'm calling your corporate office. And I was, <laughs> I had just fucked this dude up, and I'm, I'm running around going, I'm the goddamn champ, the hurricane is here. That was when the hurricane was cool, that movie. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's calling me the hurricane. I was high. I'm going down the line, high fiving my friends. This is this lady goes, I'm, I'm calling corporate. I go, fuck you, lady. Go back and enjoy your your fajitas. I'm out here putting in work, right? <laughs> Everybody calms down. They go back in. I have to go sit in the office for a little while. And, you know, you had to come back down from that fight high. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I put my work shirt on, went back in and finished off the shit. I mean, I got fired the next day. But I, I finished off the shit. Yeah. So I was like a hero the whole night. All my friends stayed in. We all got drunk for free, dude. Oh, 
Oh my God. Yo, that like, I can't imagine what the next customer, cause everybody watched this happen and you're like, all right. So, you know, we got a special, we got two for ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would tip, you saw what happened outside. Right? <laughs> I don't want to get there, oh, but you understand shit. I can go. Right. Okay. So I want you guys to enjoy your night. I really do. I promise you that. Dude, and you know what's fucked up is that that would have been vi- like I know somebody would have filmed it. You know, like oh yeah, tender beats up customer. Even though he wasn't a customer, he came in to fight. Right. That's the thing. It's like the video would not tell the entire story, right? Because yeah. whoever whoever like but, would like give the title of it, it would yeah, yeah, it would be like you know psychotic bartender assaults like whatever hundred seventy yeah. pound man or whatever. You know what I mean? But it would have been so, and I could have told my story with the video, but that would have been like one of those things where like, oh man, internet came along 20 years too late for my life. Shit, dude. Or that, 10, 10. That's... So my, here's my second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lay it on me. Okay. So um, I had it. What was it going to be? Hold on. Oh, got it. Okay. All right. Let's do it. So, so at that bar, those screen goes, right? So you know, all the body shots and all the maniac shit happened, right? The, the Playboy party school. Uh, sure. Best bar, best bar, bar. Now, by the way, that place got bulldozed. It's a fucking dirt lot at ASU. Mm. Next, if you go to ASU or you know Tempe, Arizona, it's, it's, there's a dirt lot next door to the chuck wagon. That's where the Dos Gringos used to be. Is there so, is there like a plaque, like a monument plaque for uh, be. historical be. landmark? It should be. <laughs> I always want to just just it should be a historical landmark. So that bar, um, my family. So once once I was like had been there for a few years and I got my own microphone, the whole shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you, during the day, I'd pick up a day shift. You can make three or four hundred bucks before. If you pick up a lazy server's day shift, you can make almost a thousand dollars a day. God damn! Because you'd make, you know, you'd get in there at ten a.m., set up, open at ten. It's busy as shit because it's hot as balls in Arizona at nine a.m. Right. You know, in April and May, you you know you could pull afternoon, get done at five, go out, you know, go have a beer, have a burrito, flip over, be ready to go at five thirty. Um. Well, I used to do these things called burrito races, right? So what I, cause we gave us free food here. Right. And we were, we were right on the street. So right on the street, there's a, it was a two lane, I mean, a four lane, you know, two going this way, big median with palm trees, two going that way. Right. Right. Yep. I got you. So we were right by the light. So what I would do is I would have the microphone. I'd go out in front of the bar, right? Like, and I'd go, all right, guys, here we go. Come to the fence. I need four people right now. Mm-hmm. For the burrito race. Anybody, <laughs> whoever wins this race, free burrito and tacos on me, right? Right. So I had a cordless mic. I'm in front holding court. I get I get four people, drunk fuckos that come out there. Okay. And the light turned red. That's when it was race time, you know? Okay. So I'm like, oh, are you guys ready? Whole bar is against the railing. It's like, and it's like right in front of us, right? I mean, it's the street and the sidewalk and then the bar. Okay. And then I'd go, three, on three, everybody yell, go. I get everybody involved, you know? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, go. And once the light was red, there was no cars coming. Fucking four dumbass drunkies go hauling ass a couple hundred yards to try to win a free burrito. <laughs> Falling down and shit, fucking up their legs. <laughs> when the winner would come in, bro, we'd like pick them up. Like it was like a uh, through the middle of the bar, we'd carry them. Holy and he shit. He got his free burrito. So about, I don't know. We used to do that shit on a regular basis. My other buddy kept it. My buddy, John Lane, who now owns Oso Breweries and Distilleries in Phoenix. Okay. Shout you ever out. been there? Yeah. Oso Brewery in Phoenix. It's in the airport. The guy's a monster success. Well, he kept going and doing it. So anyways, about, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe or something, I'm watching a sporting event. Okay. And I see a Miller Lite commercial where right. they're on a patio bar. Okay. And there's a guy on a microphone, like a guy that works at the bar, and he's got people racing out in front of the bar for something. And they come back in and they're cheering them on. And I knew that somebody that went to ASU that was in marketing or whatever. Right. Exactly. Because that's just too close, man. Mm -hmm. And they moved on to Miller Lite and they got a job and they did a commercial and they fucking got – I never felt more happy. I was, I was like, <laughs> doing a fucking burrito race in a Miller Lite commercial. So you were like the, you're like the architect of the, of the, I, was, I, I, I say more inspiration. I think I was more of the inspiration for that. 
Okay. Whoever made it that yeah. high up at Miller Lite, which I got to figure that out. I got to, I need to find that commercial and I need to find that person. Cause I want to do a documentary of some sort on that bar because it was just so insane and the money and the people that worked there and the shit that went on there. It was just unreal. And you could like, I'd be just, uh, as we were just like workshopping, it's just like, you get like interviews, like testimonials and shit. And then you do like the reenactments of the shit that happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know great. I mean? Cause I still have, I still am friends with several of the people I worked with there. Like one, the, the guy that was my manager, cause he made me move to LA. Like we'd sit there after work, you know, count money, get drunk as shit. And, right. and he'd always be like, go to LA loser, mm-hmm. go to LA, go pursue your dr- I moved to LA and, uh, October or September of 2004. Right. And, and then he would be like, if, if you, if, if it sucks and you, you bottom out, come back, I'll give you a job, but leave, go follow your dream. All the time we were drinking every night we were drinking, he would be berating my ass. To, so I did. Right. So I moved to LA. I ended up doing it. That's see, like you gotta, and that's if listeners, that's a message, man. Follow your dreams, win your burrito races and fucking don't be goldie. Yeah. Like these are the three things. If we take anything away from this Dude. shit, man. Now, yeah, man, that place was great. So, so you had, so you had these burrito races, right? My, my question is, is did you ever have like returning champions, like a winner one race is like I'm coming back to defend the crown type shit? I feel like I feel like I did. I feel yeah. like people would come back because it was so many. It was like 80% regulars, dude. And then 20% like people who would just come to see what it was all about, you know? That's fine. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that would happen. But when we'd carry them in, dude, like they were champions. Mm. And, oh, man, dude. And then that was a, one of the only bars where I first, they would have a CD, like when it was an MP3, started blocking it. It's this one kid named Greg. He would have songs, but then he would, in between the songs, every however many songs, he'd put a movie quote in there. So like, all of a sudden, down by the river, you know, a van down by the river clip would come on. Right, right, so, right, right. You know, you'd have like Jimmy Eat World song, and then all of a sudden, the, the whole bar would be like, in a van down <laughs> by the river, right? There'd be like 10 different quotes he had on these, every each CD. What a fun place, man. We, we really, now they're, they're a chain. They got like, but they're all calm and collected now, but. Sure, sure. Probably got like, after I left, they ended up opening like four or five more in the Phoenix area. And, uh, you know, but they ain't like that one. They'll never be like that one. Yeah. I feel like there's like, it's funny because I feel like every bar has that like golden age. Like there's that mm-hmm. like pocket of just like, like, for example, like there's this bar in Union Square I used to go to, uh, Revival, right? Uh-huh. Right in Union Square. And, uh, you know, this, I was like 27 at the time. And like, I knew all the bartenders. I was that regular, right? I was yeah. that regular. Like I wouldn't say, Johnny! Was, yeah, yep. That was on that level. Right. I knew everybody, everybody knew me. I was a cool dude. Right. And I remember one night, like they closed early and it was like midnight. They pulled the shutters down and from 12 to fucking six, we got lit. I mean, I'm talking just like booze, everything you can fucking find. Like, I mean, it was like we had like a holiday party in like the middle of July. It was just like, fuck it. We're doing this shit. Like I got pictures like my friend, my friend was all fucked up on acid and shit. He's like, I got a picture of him trying to touch the ceiling. And I send it to him every like three months. I'm just like, do you remember when this happened? He's like, how do you know? I'm i I'm 39. Okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah. That was, that's a good point. That was a good period. Still, it wasn't like cameras on every phone and shit. You can get away with some shit. Yeah, there was definitely, and you know, it's funny because um, there was. They used to send in like secret shoppers to this bar. Oh and, yeah, and like one, I remember they had a they had a staff meeting about me because I would come in, I would put my coat in the fa- in the employee closet, yeah, just hang my shit up in there, yeah, yeah, and like you know, look as you were saying before, man, like I'd run up a tab, it'd probably be like sixty bucks, I'd just drop like twenty and be like, all right, I'm out of here, guys. They're like, all right, Jim, take it easy, dude. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah, there's had- always that that regular that he's just cooler than the other regulars. Now, and he kind of gets away with shit because he's not creepy and you know he's not into some he's not like try he's just he's just a good dude. Mm-hmm. There's always that one. You were that I'd li- guy. I'd like to think I was that guy. 
now I'm gonna make this. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna ask you, like, do you remember any of those regulars? Did like that you were just like, ah, oh, this is a cool dude, man, cool chick. Yeah, there was. I mean, there was so many at so many different bars. Right. Those gringos had the most, but the best was the regulars that were other bartenders because I would go out down right. Mill Avenue or Scottsdale, and I knew fifty bartenders. Mm-hmm. So that was like the height of me partying by myself where you just bump into fools. Like I never called people. Right. What's up? Where are we going? I just went. Mm-hmm. And then you run into homies, but then you just go to all your homies bars. Right. And, and normally it should be spending, you know, a few hundred bucks. And I, you know, you spend like half of it, but it's all tips, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that bar, this is one of my favorite things. I'm going to show you this paper airplane. I used to probably made a couple of grand off of this paper airplane. All right. Let's yeah. Run it down. What 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 do you so doing? So my, here? I had this paper airplane that can travel like far as fuck, right? Like you throw it like a baseball. Okay. Right. So my owner, I told him all the one time I got him. I go, hey Pete, man, I bet you I can hit the chuck wagon roof with this fucking paper airplane. I go, I bet you thirty bucks. He's like, I bet you a hundred. I'm like, okay, and I had already full. It was full. I had already done it a hundred times. Like I knew, right? I could probably throw it over the building, right? Okay. So. So I do it. He he watches me launch his plane over the chuck box. And then from there on out, it was all his friends that ever came in there. He would just call me over there and we would split the money. He uh, all of his friends. Love it. So, love it. And I would just be like, Latham. Uh, he'd be like, he'd tell his friends, hey, come here, Latham. This guy don't believe you could do it. He's ready to put some money on the line. I go, what, that I can't throw a paper airplane over the fucking chuck box? Yeah, they put the money down. We always split it, bro. And uh, we did it so often. But this is the plane right here. All right, let's see it. This thing, bro. I wish I could. I wish I could take the camera outside and launch this bitch. But it's super heavy. It's like the cleanest. It's like a fighter jet. Yeah, I see it. I see it. That's fucking. Of, uh, that's like origami level. Throw it like a baseball, bro. And it goes. It's goners, dude. There is. This thing is, I don't, outside of like floating, like if you're a fucking professional, you're right. always getting more distance in this plane. I know because <laughs> I made about three grand on the side over a three year period, <laughs> fucking hustling all my, my owner's rich homies out of their money with that plane. Now <laughs> that, well, first of all, I want to say like, that looks like, and I'll, you know, put a little bit of the video, but that looks like origami level, like folds and shit. Yeah, like, well, it looks- it's not that many. It's just it's just a heavy, good plane. I mean, it's just the old classic fold over here. Oh, One, okay, two, I see. Yep. Three. I'll do it the other way. Three, four, five. That's it. Oh shit! Okay. And you just fucking send it, dude. Fucking send it. Now, you want to move some cash on the side? Get to get one of those planes and tell somebody to. Test it out. Get your range so you know, and then just go to school. <laughs> Look, this is almost like I feel like this is like one of those like rich dad poor dad like investment like tutorials. Yeah. Just like <laughs> here's the philosophy on how to make money, guys. It works yeah, like this. Bro. You know what I'm saying? That's Dude, I worked at the oldest bar in America. I worked at the um, townhouse in Venice Beach for about a year. A okay. Year. What was that? You got a, you got any stories from there? What was that like? I just got sexually harassed by the manager. And then well, once I went to shit can and we made out, she cornered me and I just made out of her. She cornered me in the, uh, in the liquor room. Right. <laughs> right. So then she ends up like, you know, end up, I think we hooked up. I don't remember. At least we just <laughs> made out. Right. We just made out. But that was, that was like, I was just shit can after I first got the job there. And she's like, you want to go with a pizza? Go. And so I didn't know. Anyways, next thing you know, it just, she just kept wanting to do that. I was like, I ain't, nah, I, uh, no. Right. So then I ended up getting fired because, you know, whatever, but that's how how it works. But yeah, that bar was awesome. There's a great, there's a great, that place is the, if you Google the townhouse of Venice, it's like the original speakeasy that there was a tunnel under that place that goes out to the water. Oh no shit. Yeah. The ships would just, they take the shit into that tunnel Mm -hmm. and then come uh, get down into that tunnel and then come into the, uh, bar with all the liquor on the because it's one of the oldest speakeasies and it's, it's the, uh, the, town, the townhouse the yeah, townhouse. townhouse it's in okay. the windward circle it's right there that very you know that where that big venice beach sign that hangs yeah i know That's i know windward the sign circle. i haven't been there but i yeah. know the sign you're talking about yeah, yeah that was a great bar man that my favorite thing about that place was that this was after djs i think i worked there in 08 09 mm-hmm. the djs were all digital already and they didn't allow it so all the djs were only vinyl 
and they had to have all their records and shit, right? They just couldn't have oh, their songs dope. that you're looking through. Mm-hmm. And these DJs were unbelievable, bro. And it was like, that shit was nice to work there at that fun bar in Venice Beach with like just great tunes from old school ass, fun ass DJs. Uh, so, yo, that does sound like a fucking vibe, man. That sounds dope as shit, dude. It was real nice. You ever work at a bar where they didn't make you clean up at the end? Well, you know, here's the thing is like, I like, I'm like a, I'm like the patron's patron, right? So like, I've never really worked in the bars per se, oh, but okay. all my friends are bartenders. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I still homies. qualify because, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there have definitely been nights where like, they've been like, yo, you know, yo, Jim, I gotta, I gotta smoke a cigarette. Just like stand here for like, three yeah, minutes, yeah, yeah. right. So like by proxy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, Plus, if a, you're that regular, that long, you're basically an employee. Oh, absolutely. Like they're Helping definitely security issues and shit. When you're all drunk, thinking you're, they're fucking with your family and all that. Yo, listen, yo, you, yo, Sean, you're like, bring this is like flood of memories. Like listeners, you're getting like, normally like, it's like a, like a in, interview interview, man. Like, like I'm just now thinking of all the crazy shit I was doing as a fucking regular this one night. Right. I was at revival where all these fucking crazy things happen. You get, this is probably like 2010. We'll say 2011. Uh-huh. I'm maybe like, I don't know, 235. Right. I'm like 511. Like that's a, I'm a big dude. Right. Yeah. Big for no reason. And it's not like muscle. <laughs> it's just that like bar every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's it. Yo, that's uh, you know, I'm packing some beer pounds, right? I got a shitty yeah. beard, like I I look I look like I don't have insurance. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah. I had that yeah. vibe. So I'm sitting at the end of the bar. There's like this is like when hipsters were like the th- like that was the rage, like to be a hipster. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So like it's me. There's like four hipsters at the bar. And my friend, uh, my friend Sarah, she's bartending me. Uh, she, she knows this. She knows the story. She's behind the bar, right? This dude comes in, right? And he's like, yo, I just got out of jail. Here's my jail ID card. I need some money. Now, I look down the bar and I'm like, I'm the only person who's going to do anything right now. I know this, right? So Wait, he, he needs some money? Like he was trying to rob the he, place? No, no, no. Yeah, well, he was panhandling, right? Like oh, he was okay, just like, okay, okay, let okay, me get okay, some yeah, money. Yeah. Let me get some money. You know, so I'm looking down the bar and I'm just like, all right, man, this is, this is now on me because there's no security right now. Sarah's my friend. I am now the bouncer, right? So she's like, Hey, you know, you got to get out of here. He's like, yo, I'm not leaving until I get some money. So I guess we escalate to a robbery, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, move, we move from gentle robbery. Hand- yeah. We move to a gentle robbery at this point. <laughs> so I'm sitting here. I'm just like, Oh fuck. All right, man. So she's like, so he goes, I'm not leaving till I get some money. Everybody gets up and I'm like, well, let's do this. So I get up. I'm like, yo, my man, let's go outside. So him and I, we walk outside. We walk up the block. And I'm, you know, and I'm like talking to him like I've been to jail before. Like, you yeah. know, I'm just like, yo, man, you know, what, 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 what receiving room were you in? Like, just throwing out all the shit I heard from the wire. And he's yeah, just yeah. like, he's, he's just like, and he's, and he's in. Like, he buys it. And he's just like, yo, blah, blah, blah. And so we get to the corner, right? And I go, all right, man, you see that bar across the street? He goes, yeah. I go, you see that other bar across the street? He goes, yeah. I go, you can go in there and do this shit all you want, but you can't come back in here and do that. I ain't going to let you do that. And then he looks at me and he just goes, you got any money? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yo, look, man, I ain't got no money for you, but you got to get the fuck out of here. He's just like, yo, man, come on. I walk back in. Sarah looks at me. She just goes, you're drinking for free all night. Don't even tip. Yeah, actually, could have got hot in there. You never know, bro. Yeah, that look. That could have went left so fucking quick, man. I know that. And now, like, just listening to these stories and shit, I'm just like, I can't. I just, you know, how you have those times. Where you're just like, yeah. yo, that happened to me. I just, yeah. I, I hadn't thought about that in fucking ten years. I couldn't. Dude, what's up at the improv when I was when I was like 21 or 22? It was George Lopez weekend, sold out, bro. And the okay. owner decided he wasn't going to sell Bud Light that. He had a fallout with the distributor. Okay. So I don't know if you know anything about, you know, Southwest to West Coast Mexicans. A lot of Bud Light and a lot of Budweiser's being drank. Okay. And uh, 
we didn't have any Bud Light for the aggressive ass George Lopez crowd. Now George Lopez crowds are way more aggressive than a fluffy crowd, right? A Gabriel right. Iglesias crowd, they're just gonna go, oh, what else you got? You know? Sure, the sure. George Lopez crowd was like, fuck this. So this guy's is he's drunk as shit, this fool's mad as shit because he ain't got no Bud Light. He's talking to the managers, talking, he's yelling at her, her face. And this is what we gotta kind of go and get up in there, what's going on. Sure, yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. He ends up pushing the shit out of her. So I get to get this dude in a full Nelson. And drag him out and just slam him on the ground, bro. As a waiter at the improv, just throw him <laughs> on the ground. And he gets up trying to come out and get to slam him down a couple more times and then just lock his bitch ass out, bro. Jesus Christ. You never man. want to tell him uh, that, that was an aggressive Tempe improv. They were getting hammered back then, dude. That club, they were lit. Yeah, a couple different times, fools got in a fight there. That was a good one, man. Jesus Christ, man. Well, look, yeah. man, I could, we could do this for fucking hours. Right? Know. You know what I'm saying? And definitely, you know, we got to get you back on for another episode. Dude, I'd love this to. Been I'll, fucking I'll vibe, man. Yeah, man. I, and that's the thing. And that's what I love about the show so much is that like, you know, bartenders never run out of stories. You know what I'm saying? Like there are so many of these and like, you know, you, you've been doing what? 10 years. You said you were bartending. I, I think I bartended from like, between 19 years old to like almost at least 35. Oh, all my twenties for sure. Almost all of my twenties, 100%. A lot of my early thirties. And then I kind of went stand in Oh nine. I think that was my last bar job. And Mm -hmm. uh, next time I'll come on, I'm going to tell you about, uh, when I call the police on myself, it was a New Year's at a bar in Santa Monica. I worked at (laughs) because I moved my car because I stole an ottoman. And I didn't want him to know. And then I called him fucking corny, bro. Yo, man, yeah, that's we're we'll put a pin in that one for the next time, man, because yeah. that shit's gonna be fucking hilarious. Yo, all right, listen. Uh, so we're gonna get into uh, we're gonna get into our next segment, which is uh, five questions for our guest, right? So yeah. these are the questions that I ask every bartender who comes on the show, um, just about the life of a bartender. Okay, so question number one: What is the biggest misconception people have about being a bartender? Um, the biggest misconception is the hooking up because after mm-hmm. work, right. One of them, because it, you know, yeah, technically, yeah. Everybody's always like, yeah, I'm going to hook up with the bartender, hook up with the bartender, all that crap. But you have to clean for two hours and count money and do your mm, shit. Right. Right. So if the bar closes at two, no one is awake at four thirty waiting for your, your punk ass to show up. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, you know, if it was that, strong then you'll different day or something but right the the fact that it's just a misconception that everybody's hooking up after their shift because there's just no time Mm. unless it's i mean listen again i was also an average looking dude so i seen plenty of dudes much better looking than me do a lot of damage that to me it was like i was watching television it's like is this game of thrones because there's no dragons in my life. And dragons aren't real where I live, you know? <laughs> Yo, but, that's uh, yeah. I watched some studs do work, but yeah, no. Mm-hmm. That's one of them for sure. Okay. So, question number two. What is the biggest tip you have ever received as a bartender? Um, I got a couple of dudes give me a couple hundred bucks, you know, just making them laugh, having a good time, getting happy. It was at that Dos Gringos bar because people would just leave like, what? just happened here tonight, bro. Uh, I mean, mm. so much shit would happen. Yeah, they'd leave, you know, $100, $200 on a regular basis. Uh, I'd say that was my most for sure. Damn, that's that's a, that's a good pull, man. For one, yeah. one sit, that, that is a good pull. All right, question number three. What is your pet peeve of a customer? What is the one thing that you would say, you know what, if, you, if I'm serving you, don't do this? Um. There's there's a there's like a top tier level of bullshit. One of okay. them is to be at a packed bar, sit there waiting, call, and with your hand out and shit, right? With with you and fifteen other people trying to fight for attention, mm-hmm. and then when I show up to get your order and you don't know and you go, "What do you guys want?" Ooh. You're like, "Bitch, you and your squad better know." Like, then I just when they turn around like this, and I go, what, "What's up? What do you guys want?" You know, a lot of times I'd cover my eye or I'd click that because I have a lazy eye. So there's like nine people in my peripheral here. <laughs> so I'd be like, what up? I always close my lazy eye. I point. What's up, man? What do you guys want? And then they go. And you're just like, <laughs> and by the time they turn back around, I'm already on to the next order. Like, what happened? You're like, you have to be ready. And I'm not calling a woman. It could be a dude, too. That bitch better have his order ready. Like, Right, right. Don't do that. that and also read the crowd. If it's a busy-ass bar, don't be ordered. Like, if there's... 
people next to you. I know people don't remember how this used to work, but before yeah. bars, we were all, you got to fight to get up there to get that real estate, you know, and you're up yeah. there trying to get attention. Don't be ordering Bloody Marys at fucking 11 o'clock at night with a pack bar or frozen drinks. Don't be an asshole, dude. Yeah. Read the room. Don't you're be right. Ordering nut yet. Don't, be, don't be ordering nuts and berries <laughs> or, or Bloody Marys or frozen cocktails at 11 o'clock at a packed-ass bar. Do you order yourself a anything, a, a one ingredient, one alcohol, or a beer, or a shot? Bro, we got work to do. Yeah, there ain't no time for that. So, listeners... And one more. You, and one more. All right, throw it don't, in there. If you're going to open a tab, open a goddamn tab. Don't be giving me your credit card. The same guy gives me his card 10 times a night. Uh, I'm going to smack you in the mouth. And also, you're going to have to tip more that way. You tip yeah. less if you leave it open. Yep. Yield, and then you can kind of do the math that way. So, just do yourself a favor, y'all. Listen, listen to these. Listen, do the opposite of what you're hearing right now. That's all I can tell yeah. you. All right. So, question number four: If you owned a bar, what would you name it? If I owned a bar, what would I name it? That's a good one, man. I'd have to think about that one. It's. I almost might name it just out of respect for that place that I worked at that I made so much money and my life pivoted so much from would be dose. I just call it dose dose because it's so easy off the tongue. It's a good Mexican spot. You know, it was dose gringos, but no one called it that. It's called a dose. So I would probably just call it dose. I think uh, just out of respect and uh, you know, just because of that spot, that amazing place I worked at Mm, the dose. So when the world reopens, uh, be on the lookout for the dose. No, not the, just dose. We're oh, dose. dose. All right, dose, dose, yeah, yeah, dose yeah. it is. Don't be All right. that over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Yo, last question. What is your favorite drink? What do you like to have? Not to make, but what, is, what does Sean have when he's out drinking? All right. Well, I mean, at this point in my life, it's, it's pretty much straight beer, a shot of whiskey or like a vodka soda. Okay. But um, if you want to, you know, get a little action going at the house, since everybody's drinking, drinking at home now. Right. Um, again, you can get Italian soda anywhere. Like, you know, but at Whole Foods, they have these bottles of Italian soda that are really good, like a tropical and a grapefruit and a couple others. It's, do you have, do you, uh, they have like the blood orange. Is it, yes, they, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what I, yeah, I, I'm right Vodka there with soda, you. But instead of full soda, half soda, half of that Italian soda. And it's unbelievably delicious. Put a lemon or a lime in it or something like that. Whatever you like. I'm telling you, I've got my girl's family. A lot of them drink vodka soda. I bring that over now. It's like, it, it takes over. It's just a really good cocktail. Yo, that, you know what, man? And as Faye would have it, man, I was drinking that shit over the holidays. I was over at yep. my, my sister's crib. She had like just a pack of those. I was like, you know what? Go good. I had a bottle of Tito's at the crib. So I grabbed those. Yep. And I got it shaking, man. So And the reason you make soda water is to, to make to make that the Italian soda last longer. You know, you're making vodka soda with a with a decent little splash of that stuff on top so it lasts longer, but you're making the drink pop off. Yeah, no, you're right, man. You cut it, you can cut it with a soda water and you got like a good shit, man. You be fucking lit. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah, I make a lot of drinks on my uh, on twenty dollar chef. I, I do my last drink, I just did it my last episode. If you go to my Instagram, twenty dollar mm-hmm. chef uh, on Twitter on Instagram. I did a Paloma, which is like my lady's new favorite drink. Okay. Which I'm a big fan. If you don't know what that is, it's basically, it's like a margarita, but you sub it in uh, grapefruit juice with soda water. Oh, okay. But like, but like full reg, like actual grapefruit, not like a grapefruit Italian soda. Right. Like you're like, coming with actual grapefruit. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, I'm like thinking of like what the flavors and like how that mixes in. Cause I mean, that's it's like, the original, original margarita basically right. is what that is. No did shit. a lot of research. It's like a, a mezcal type thing. I think in the beginning, but you know, as of now, I know that it definitely is like the father of the Margie. Oh, no shit, man. See, I I'm here to learn too. I'm a student. Of, I'm a student of the booze, man. Uh, alcohol is my shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm right. Th- uh, look, same. <laughs> my lady's tamed my ass. Like I'm definitely a, a much more tamed individual these days. Same, um, yeah. but and I like it that way, you know. I mean, listen, I'm not out there raging these streets like I used to. I mean, obviously, every once in a while, everybody likes to get a little rage going, but uh, yeah. Um, but overall, like it's 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 life's good. I, I drink it. We drink moderately. You know, at the house, I'm not 
I might have thrown up on New Year's Eve, but some say that was just the <laughs> you know, the, re- the leftovers of the demons of 2020 that were just uh, being resurrected. Exercise, so, exercise those demons, man. Yo, yeah, but you know, I'll tell you though, I'm in the same, I'm in that same camp though, man. Like you know, because I'm I'm almost forty. It's like I if I have to prove a point. Like if there's a yeah. wedding or it's like, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and then yo, yo, search, you still got it. I'm like, come on, man. Like you take, wanna... a, take your jacket off nice and slow. You know, <laughs> All right. take, looks you like crack... you showing up tonight. Yeah. You crack the knuckles. Just like, looks yeah. like someone wants to find out. <laughs> looks like someone needs yeah, to know. Dude. I am check yeah. this shit out. But now I'm like, I'm also going to throw a glass of water in the middle of this. Let me, oh, let yeah, me get yeah. it. Yeah. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like water for 20, sure. 26. I, I don't even know what water was. There was. I only, I only drank the water to wash out the crap that was in my mouth of the throwing up like that. Yeah. Was just, and I would just spit it out anyway. <laughs> like this, that, hurts, uh, this hurts my body, man. I can't drink that shit, bro. Yeah. Oh man. Listen, uh, we got, so we got one more, we got one more segment here, man. Sure. All right. So this is segment, our last segment called, what were you drinking? Now, mm-hmm. I have a very uh, uh, messy uh, Facebook and Twitter timeline. Like, uh-huh. there are people who post things that only if you were to read it, you say, you have to be drunk when you wrote yeah. this, right? So, yeah. Sean, you as a bartender, you have seen people drunk off of every type of liquor under the sun. So it is up to you to diagnose what do you think this person was drinking when they wrote this, okay? So... Here is our post. <clears throat> a, lot of wo- a lot of women want a good man until it requires them to not be a lying, cheating, deceptive hoe. This guy was drinking straight well whiskey out like some Kessler plastic bottle whiskey. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's deep yeah. in his feelings and you could see it radiating. He's just sitting there. Yeah. Probably all by, I'm going to say by himself, too. Just <laughs> throwing it in. It, letting it fly, bro. Cheap. Whiskey, well, that's, that's definitely cheap plastic bottle whiskey right there. Cheap whiskey will, will unearth these emotions of – because you can see mm. it's like – it's very backhanded and he's the victim, right? Because it's yeah. like, you know, you want to square up, but it's like you can't live your whole lifestyle and you learn that through me and that's now – you made me, you hurt me, but I'm not going to say yeah. that you hurt me type shit. Yeah. You know I mean, that's risky. It's woman. It's the woman's fault. It's always their fault. And yeah. I don't think I've ever met someone that got lit up on whiskey by themselves on an empty stomach and then took any blame for anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like victim juice, bro. At that point when you just yeah. can't see shit and you're everybody you look at, Scott, you just like this fucking asshole. Like, you know, like what are they yeah. It's it's never just like, man. I really need to hold myself accountable for what I did, yeah, man. No, I really, I really, I really shouldn't have called her a bitch. You're right, man. Yeah. You know, I, I got to tighten up. Maybe I should just yeah. respect her a little bit. She might come fuck with me. Nah, it wasn't man. her fault. It was my fault. I I was too, I smothered her too soon. <laughs> yeah, never. That is not ever. Yeah. No whiskey bullshit ever. All right. So listen, you know what? This is Sean. This has been a fucking ride, dude. I've had so much fun uh, having you on the show here, dude. I really have. This has been such a blast. Um, Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, of course, man. Yo, listen, uh, can you tell, uh, you can tell the listeners where they can find you, anything you got coming up, any projects, anything like that? Where where can they find you? Um, You know, $20 chef across the board. Um, Instagram, $20 chef. My Instagram is Sean Latham. But you know, Mm -hmm. if you find either one of those, my name is in both of them. Okay. Um, you know, um, go to my, uh, mostly my, I'm trying to get, I, I worked at Barstool Sports for so long, but we always posted to my YouTube, but it was never promoted. You know, all the promotion went to Facebook and Instagram and, um, and Twitter videos. So I got hundreds and millions of views, hundreds of thousands and millions of views, but all there, not on YouTube. Right. So go to my YouTube and subscribe to the $20 chef. If you could, I have a ton of content on there. I'm not many views. I got 13,000 subscribers and I just, oh, it's time to build that up. You know, I got to keep all my IP and I want everybody, if they could, just $20 chef, man, and Sean Latham. And if you're a Twitch person, $20 chef, uh, I'm out there. I'm going to start cooking on Twitch, but right now I play a lot of Warzone on there. Gotcha. <laughs> Which is what we're currently living in. Oh, so. yeah. And uh, Guns Blazing Podcast. That's my podcast with my partner, Todd McComas. Okay. Um, we just have a good time rapping, man, like me and you just did. And um, 
that's my podcast guns blazing bro yo so yo go check all of those out man listen uh sean thank you so much for hanging uh shooting the shit man you know the bartending world is such a wild place and i've done this yeah this is the 38th episode i haven't heard the same story yet and i never will yeah. like, these are yeah, always you ain't. there's always something fucking different always something wild man so again thank you for uh coming through appreciate hey, it man. appreciate you appreciate right. you homie thanks everybody for listening for sure. So listen, uh, y'all, that's going to do it for us. Uh, you want to find our show, you can do that. Uh, openbartalk at gmail.com. Hit us up. Uh, Open Bar Talk across all the platforms, uh, you know, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you know, underneath your car, wherever you get your podcast, that's where you can find us. Rate, review, subscribe. That's uh, how people find out about the show, uh, you know, and give us five stars. We deserve it. Uh, you know, you want to find me, I'm at Jim Search uh, on all social media, jimsearchcomedy.com. You want to hear some jokes and shit like that uh, i got those for you so again sean thank you so much for hanging um you know make sure you put a water between each drink and we'll catch you on the next one peace